Sticks and stones may break my bones, but nothing will ever kill me. Well, let's see now. First, they tried burning me. <laughs> then, they tried burying me. <laughs> they even tried holy water. <laughs> but I just keep on ticking. <sighs> Dreams. I am forever. <laughs> Too bad you're not. With interest in American slasher movies continuing to decline as the 1980s became the 1990s, the densely packed release schedule of the Nightmare on Elm Street series took its longest break to date between its fifth and sixth installments. And really, it was about time for a little time off. The Dream Child hadn't fared well at the box office when compared to previous entries in the franchise, and it seemed like exhaustion was setting in because of the near-movie-a-year pace. Not only was it physically exhausting for the cast and crew every time a new Nightmare movie was rushed into production, but some of the people behind the scenes at New Line Cinema felt like they were exhausting all of their ideas about how to continually resurrect Freddy for another batch of teenage murders. So, new ideas and new approaches to the mythology of the Dream Demon from Elm Street were pitched, and a little over two years after The Dream Child had been released, the sixth Nightmare hit theaters in September of 1991. The latest Nightmare would be a bit different from what came before it. For one thing, the focus on Freddy Krueger continued to grow, this time to the point of having Freddy's name come first in the movie's title and Elm Street being dropped completely. Also dropped was the continuing saga that spanned parts 1, 3, 4, and 5. All tangible connections to the previous victims and heroes were dropped in favor of a Freddy-focused narrative that gave us even more background into the past of the Springwood slasher. But the more things changed, the more they stay the same. Once again, a Nightmare movie would be written and directed by people relatively new to their roles. First-time director Rachel Talalay and first-time feature writer Michael DeLuca brought a new look and feel to the franchise, but it was one that often felt weighed down by a tug-of-war between the audience's expectations and the filmmaker's aspirations. On top of that, every bit of the movie's marketing promised that this would be the final, final nightmare, for real this time. Would the movie's new perspective end the series on a high note, or would it end up being a failed attempt at a fresh take on a well-worn scenario? Find out tonight as Joey and I discuss Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, here in The Last Theater. Welcome once again to The Last Theater. My name is Chris. And my name is Joey. And this is part six of our Nightmare on Elm Street franchise retrospective i know what you did that you had to think about it because it's did. not in the title yeah there's no number anymore so yeah <laughs> big changes happening sort of in no a way. more numbers for the rest of the series how yeah, about that they're all not numbered it's because this was around the same time as when the friday series um dropped the the friday in the title and just started making it jason movies yeah and and uh, but freddie beat him to the punch did so yeah just yeah. by a little bit but of course, you can listen to all of the previous entries in the Nightmare Retrospective as well as the Friday the 13th Retrospective at cnjradio.com and many more things like that. We've got more stuff coming, but right now, of course, yes, 
Freddy versus Jason is on the horizon. Yeah. Jason Goes to Hell was the one that came out kind of after this. Yeah. I was reading somewhere where they said that this movie, Freddy's Dead, was kind of the start of the, like, I guess trilogy, basically, of, to the crossover. Yeah, I believe that because New Line acquired Jason. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, most, it was put in motion when you hear about, like, the comic that took place and all that right. where they're battling in hell. It was set up to be in hell. Yeah. That's that's what I know about it, at least. And so Freddy dies in this one. That's yeah. not a spoiler because it's in the title. Right, right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then so he appears in... Jason goes to hell, or just the glove yeah. appears and grabs yeah. the uh, mask. You know, and I, I'm sure I said this on our Jason Goes to Hell episode, as as a younger person watching it, did you not get excited when you saw that part? Yeah, it was exciting. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, this movie, not so much exciting. It's, Ooh. I don't know, I think we're, we may have an interesting discussion between yeah. the two of us. I can tell by your initial reaction and just watching it with you again yeah. that I feel like I liked this movie more than you did. I, yeah, I still, I made a point to try to figure out whether I like this more or less than the previous entry, part five. I'm still not 100% sure. Hmm. I, I, I'm i sure. I, yeah. I, I like this one better than five. And But here's the thing. Mm. Kind of on the front end, as far as like the first acts of each film, yeah. one is not taking itself very seriously, yeah. and neither really deserves to. Right. And I, I like that, you know, it's kind of one of those unapologetic things where it's like, it tells you what it is from the get-go. Yeah. It doesn't play any tricks on you towards the end, you know. So, for me, Freddy's Dead is at least a more consistent movie than number five, and that's how I defend it. And yeah. I, I do have a certain nostalgia for it. I remember renting it uh, quite a bit right. and watching it with friends when we probably weren't supposed to and all yeah. that stuff. So, there's a little bit of that, too. I didn't have that with five. Yeah. So there's also that. I remember the massive push in marketing, so I got marketed heavily on this. Sure. There was a killer MTV special where, that Freddie actually hosted himself, mm-hmm. and they showed Freddie's greatest hits set to soundtracks of like metal songs that I liked at the time. So uh, yeah. there's a whole bunch of stuff surrounding this movie yeah. that I liked. And it, it was shocking at the time. Freddie's dead. Like, that was a big deal. Like, yeah. oh, you're going to kill Freddie? Really? Yeah. Like, especially, we were shocked. Yeah, since like 1984, you've had... Almost every year you've had a Freddy movie yeah. or a Nightmare movie, whatever. Yeah, and we, we all grew up on Freddy, so we kind of forgot about him for a little bit. I, yeah. I got into double digits as a person, Yeah, you know, right. so this was uh, my first double digit uh, Freddy movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it, and like, oh, okay, you're bringing him back and you're going to kill him. You brought him back to kill him. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... This movie, to me, felt... We talked about it when we were watching it, is they really leaned into like the comedy aspect of it in a lot of ways. Especially some of the deaths. Like, yeah. uh, reading some of the, the old Fangorias from the time, uh, one of the... The director, Rachel Talloway, who actually has an interesting story, okay. um, which I'll get to in a second. But she was saying... She kind of talks on both sides of it. She was saying that she wanted to get away from the gothic stuff that was introduced. And not done super well, but... We talked about the gothic aspects that they tried to put into some of the previous movies, the big yeah. church, the scenes, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, she wanted to get away from that, and she wanted a more kind of adult-oriented movie. It's like a down-home version. Maybe, like, this is yeah. what this is. Like, it's it's down-home. It's, you know, Springwood's a small town anyway, yeah. by, by the way they shoot it. It's yeah. very suburban. Uh, even the, you know, they're in the ghetto. It's just like... 
you know, it's all low rent stuff. So yeah. I mean, there's there's not a lot of room for like big gothic expensive churches. Sure. She she also was quoted as saying like the script is definitely more adult. And I don't think that's true. No, it's not. Um, she did say that she wanted to pay more attention to characters, which I do think is true to a certain extent, but not the kids. She pays more attention to the adult characters, especially of like Lisa Zane, who's Billy Zane's sister, yeah. or Maggie, or Catherine Kruger, as she later finds out. She was really the heroine of this movie, yes. and it was the first time that an adult was really the main focus. Nancy was an adult in part three, yeah. but she was supporting Kristen, who was really the main character yeah. in that movie. So it's always been teenagers. Yeah. I mean, we know why at the end of the day, yeah. why they focus on her, of course. Yeah. So. But she also, Rachel Talley, the director, she also said that in another interview in a later issue of Fangoria, that they take the effects to an almost Roadrunner cartoon level. And that's a direct quote. And that's absolutely true, especially when you look at like Breck and Meyer's death scene. Well, not just that, but yeah. like even just some of the things that don't even revolve around death. I yeah. mean, the freaking like putting a picture on picture thing like the wily e. coyote painting you know like yeah. you go through film in this yeah. like through screens the wheeling out of the spikes when yeah there's when so Freddy, much of it freddy when he's putting the spikes down and yeah. the, when the john doe character falls out of the plane he directly he looks directly at the camera and like that's like like a sigh yeah. out like oh i'm so yeah. tired and like this yeah 100 wily e. coyote yeah uh, the thing that sticks out to me the most in this film as far as the way that they approached it is I do feel like they kind of did want it both ways. Yeah. They they always say they go darker. And there are elements of this that are a little darker than five yeah. here and there. It's kind but, of behind the scenes sort of character stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot more real life terror yeah. to talk about. Yeah. The town serial killer. Yeah. The molesting parents. It's dark. Yeah. Uh, but there is so much camp going on. It does almost kind of dilute it. It does. But... Yeah. That's probably the thing that I, oof, that's like to take the good and bad yeah. on this one. It goes for camp right away, unlike yeah. five, like I said at the top of the show. But I feel like they did want it both ways in the nightmares. I, I pointed this out. Each time a nightmare starts, whether it ends with a death or not, mm -hmm. it starts off pretty freaky and pretty scary. By the end of it, it usually gets downgraded to comedy. Right. Every time. So, like, even the Twilight Zone knot, the beginning with mm -hmm. the airplane, by the time they shoot him into the sky, it becomes comical. But, man, they had, they had all these opportunities to go realistic and not over yeah. the top. And they at the end of the day, they didn't choose to do that. And that's, yeah. that's their decision. But if you wanted darker, there was a lot of potential for this movie to be the darkest chapter in the entire series. But there that's absolutely obviously was. not what they wanted. Because yeah. you talked about all these things. The way they start, it's like, woo. But yeah. then by the end, you're kind of laughing. Yeah. You're kind of giggling or chortling or rolling your eyes in your case. Yes. <laughs> I did all of those things. Maybe not chortle. I don't think I chortled. But... Well, it's a word that's not used nearly <laughs> yeah. enough. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, when I was watching this, we had just watched Spaceballs um, prior to watching this. <laughs> so I don't know if it set me up in a weird place to start. But when I saw the, the Twilight Zone nod... Then goes directly into the Wizard of Oz thing where Freddy is out on the bike and is like, I'll get you whatever. Yeah. Like, I felt like this could have been a parody movie. This could have been like a scary movie movie kind yeah. of thing. That's what yeah. it felt like at the beginning to me. Sure. Um, especially with all the cartoon stuff as well. Yeah. And by the time you get to him rolling down the hill for a hundred years, yeah. it's like, yeah. you're laughing. It felt like a parody and yeah. not an actual movie. It felt like a parody of Nightmare 
not an actual nightmare movie. Yeah. And it did that a lot. One of the things that I think can encapsulate everything that you just said about starting dark and getting silly is the character of Carlos. Oh yeah, Carlos. For yeah, sure. his death scene. It was really. It started off really, really good and really dark and scary. Yeah. Uh, because he has trouble hearing. Yeah. He's not completely deaf, but he has. He is almost completely deaf. Yeah. And you find out in his dream that it was his mother who actually beat him yeah. and beat him across the head, and that's what caused him to lose his hearing. Yeah. And then Freddy starts to kind of capitalize on it. He cuts his ear off, and he puts that big like weird growth on the side of his head to replace the uh, yeah. the hearing aid. It's like he an evil version of Hitchhiker's Guy. Yeah, and it was getting <laughs> right. Yeah, the battlefish. Yeah. It was getting really dark, uh, but then when Carlos goes into like the boiler room area, you just see Freddy, like, because the... He's the, completely deaf at this yeah, point. Yeah, and the... They did a really cool thing where they dropped all the sound out of the movie. Yeah. There's no music, anything. You could hear, like, muffled things. That was about it. Yeah. But then you see Freddy, like, jumping up behind him and making faces and smiling yeah. and dancing. Yeah. And that could be... That could have been done scarily. Like, you yeah. look at something like Pennywise, who does that yeah. kind of stuff. And it's frightening for the sure. most part. And I think that was what they were going for, probably. Mm, maybe know. initially. Maybe, maybe even that's initially. what Robert was going for. But that's how not that? how it came across. I, I understand that. And then it gets really goofy. They do the, the pin drop thing that was really yeah. big at the time. Sure. And it just got real goofy by the end. It, it did. And like I said, that one started off serious. It almost started off, made me think of part three, the drug uh, flashback. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it had that feel to it. Right. Like, we're going real dark in your backstory. And not that they didn't do that with other kids, but yeah. I think that they took elements from three and wanted to expound upon that as well. And that scene's a result of it. Yeah. And however you feel about how they did it, I'm kind of glad that they gave these kids backstories to get you to care and no yeah. better place to do it than with a halfway house for kids or shelter yeah. or what have you. Yeah. Cause they all had, well, Spencer, you didn't really get into his, you got a little bit from that video game sure. thing where his dad is like, be like me, be like me. Yeah. But, he's just a rich kid. Yeah. You know. Um, but the character of Tracy, like, her nightmare uh, was really started really dark and creepy as well and very um uncomfortable yeah very uncomfortable and very real i think for a lot of people but it gets to a point where when she gets that cathartic like revenge on her father who had been molesting her it turns to goofiness when you turn around and just the the makeup that they had on his face is just all misshapen and weird which could have been good and scary but it turned out to be just silly and goofy yeah he needed to look less you know like he looked like a cartoon things. yeah exactly yeah. they needed to make it look more realistic dark and realistic there should have been yeah. more blood there and i feel like yeah. i mean maybe that's a ratings thing maybe that's an mpaa issue but maybe. still like it would have been cool there should have been a little more maybe a little bone sticking out blood yeah stuff something like that and so like you said they were they were trying to have it both ways and to me when they do stuff like that especially when they set it up and they have the potential to go real dark and scary which is what i usually prefer sure in movies like this yeah. Uh, but when they kind of undercut that and make it just goofy at the end, I think the buildup makes it feel worse for me when it mm-hmm. drops the bottom out. And that's where I keep coming from this movie because they continually do that throughout the movie. Yeah. And I don't like the 3D sequence either. Oh, <laughs> this oh, is the man. movie that when I talk about bad 3D sequences, this is the one I reference almost all the time. I, I referenced the yo-yo in Friday the 13th Part 3 now yes. a lot. Yeah. But up to that point, I would always reference the scene where they're getting weapons out of the lockers and stuff. And they're oh, look at this bat. 
they point it at the camera <laughs> and they do all they do it like four or five times yeah. it's it feels like five minutes yeah. of just pulling weapons out and pointing it at the camera yeah. so, i never got to experience it in the theater yeah. i was too i, I was still too young to go sadly uh, at least as far as yeah. me having the right kind of friends or whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, I never made it out there for it. I, I did the home video version and I actually, I rented it, but they didn't give me glasses with it. So right. I had to use a pair that I had and hope it worked. And oh, really? I don't know if it even worked all that great. Got the DVD box set with, that came with glasses. Yeah. And I did it, and it still kind of had that. Uh, it's not I mean, great, the 3D's yeah. okay. But yeah, that's the thing. That's old school 3D, yeah. the, the red and the blue. Yeah. That just never looks good anyway, right. in my opinion. So, yeah, why do it? And it I makes you feel weird afterwards because you have the like the the colors. Your eyes are looking at different colors afterwards. Yeah, I never understood why they didn't go with black and white initially. Kind of like what they do now. Like, yeah, I guess technology maybe just wasn't yeah, there. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, but yeah, it does. The three D doesn't work for me. It's you don't need it. Yeah. And when you put it in the context of the film of how you introduce yeah. the three D. It's so bad. There's no point. That yeah. is that is one of the absolute big black eyes on this film is that. You got this guy who claims he knows how to get people to project out of their nightmares. He's yeah. got all this great technology and everything. And he's like, here, put these 3D glasses right. on from the 50s. Uh, yeah. That doesn't make any... I'm like, I, I can't make any sense out of that. Yeah. It's just telling the audience to put your glasses That's on. That's all it is, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so especially in this day and age, if like young people that watch this and didn't know about that, and the 3D effect isn't on the Blu-ray that we have, no, not or at that all. you and I have, we yeah. each have it. So if they don't know that it's supposed to be 3D, it's just like, why did she put those? Why did those glasses like absorb into her face? Like, what's the point of that? And then when she says later on, when she maybe comes out of the dream, probably does, yeah. and she says, "Oh, I still see." In, like I'm in the dream like there's yeah. if you don't see the 3D then you don't know what she's talking about yeah. just when her glasses appear afterwards for whatever reason it's like what is happening why yeah. is this going on and she was just telling them to keep their glasses yeah on. that's all that was just in case yeah. someone did it right and they wouldn't notice after taking oh it's still like blue and red oh yeah <laughs> that, that's the big black eye in my opinion yeah. for sure and, yeah. but yeah I mean I think there's things in here as far as talking about the backstory of Freddy that actually works better than it did even in the remake, in my opinion. And that's just because I'm just not a big fan of the yeah, remake. Yeah, I don't but... really remember the remake that well. Yeah. I've only seen it the once. Yeah, that me too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing it again. Mm. But as far, in a sense, yeah. <laughs> as far as a way to pick it apart and, yeah. and rip on it. But uh, yeah, even wacky 3D effects aside, mm -hmm. I really like all the back I, I like all the flashbacks i think the flashbacks yeah. actually work you know i mean yeah. they're, they're, they're kind of cheesy as far as like oh we're not going to reveal the face until the end that's old hat yeah uh pardon the pun but uh yeah you know i, I think the getting to know a little bit more about freddie right. in this case is not as bad as getting to know a lot of other people and pulling their curtain back yeah because freddie is that that's what makes freddie truly unique right is that Freddy Krueger, the dream demon, the nightmare guy. Yeah. It's a it's a new life for the person that he started as versus right. what he was. And what he was was extremely dark. Yeah. And this other thing is completely different. So you, you do get to have it both ways with Freddy. The right. more you find out about him, kind of the cooler it is, I think, in the series. Like the speech that the nun gives in, yeah. in part three. Right. When you hear that and now you know this. Yeah. That makes him darker. Oh, it does. And I yeah, dig that. For sure. Yeah, so he's an exception to my <laughs> right. my killer he's rule. Amazing. Like, the yeah. thing I just ripped about, you know, the remakes of Halloween. Yeah. Basically, they did the same thing here, 
but number one, they didn't spend too much time on it. Yeah. Number two, I think it works better just for the character because of does. what the character is. Yeah. He doesn't but... live in the real world. He lives in the nightmare world. Right. Plus, Freddy Krueger is a personality. Like, Michael Myers is supposed to be blank. He's just yeah. the shape. You're yeah. not supposed to know, and that's why he's scary. Exactly. But Freddy, the more you know, like you said, because he is such a personality and you do get to know him over the movies, the more you know done correctly it informs why he does what he does in the way that he does it and that makes it that makes it really creepy yeah, yeah. It, it's I, I liked that part of it apparently i think there was supposed to be more of the freddy flashbacks in yeah. the original or one of the original uh, conceptions of the script and the story yeah. but they kind of cut it back because they didn't want freddy to be too sympathetic like Uh, if you look at what they did with michael as a kid he came from this broken home and he started doing bad stuff but up to that point it was you could understand why he wasn't in a good place yeah exactly so they cut stuff out of this one from the original concepts so that freddy wouldn't be the sympathetic character in the movie yeah which he very well could have been um, if, yeah. if they had done it in a certain way. But even in the grade school flashback, they had him killing the school hamster. Yeah, yeah. So it's automatically fuck him, you know? So Yeah, but I mean, if you, if, there's that, that weird middle ground where if you go too much into, like, before that to where his father alice cooper cameo by alice cooper yes plays our i guess adopted father yeah i think he's a stepdad or something yeah was beating him but if they hadn't done what they did in that scene to where freddie was just like laughing at him like if they had had him be scared and crying sure that would have totally flipped how you looked at him so yeah they did it i guess that's the point i'm trying to get to is they did it well to make it to make you not really feel for him. Yeah. There's something wrong with him right from the start, which goes back to the Son of 100 Maniacs. Yeah. Those are the parts that worked for me in it, for sure. Yeah. You know, and I, I like some of the jokes. I'm I'm willing to forgive the jokes because mm-hmm. at this point the series has gone so sure. far off base. I like four for the most part. Not a big fan of five. Yeah. Six is just like, hey, relax, man. <laughs> that's whatever. really... Yeah. That's what I did with this one. Yeah. So uh, even all the stunt casting, anything... Like I said, I'm, I'm almost kind of being hypocritical versus what I didn't like about the Halloween remake. But I'm like, there's all this, all this stunt casting. It is different. It's, you know, it, but it, once again, not taking itself seriously, almost sets up as a comedy from the get go. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of just, this is one I give myself a pass to turn my brain off. And not that everything, not that I love everything. I mean, obviously the video game stuff is so over the top. Yeah. And, it's like, ugh. But I, I kind of like all of the Carlos stuff. I kind of like... Yeah. And everybody actually is a decent actor in this one. Like, yeah. most of them are actually really good. Yeah. Like, the probably the worst actor in there is probably the John Doe. Yeah. He's just okay. Uh, even though that's weird. They, they could have cast it better since he's such an important part of the film. But he's... Yeah. I think it's because the other ones are probably just a little bit better. He kind of sticks out as not being right. as good. So, yeah. You know, just things like that. And I like the... As cheese balls it is like just the over the top just ghost townish aspect of re- present day springwood yeah uh you know you know even they didn't have to have roseanne and tom in there yeah. but it would have gotten the point across still yeah but i i do like the idea that there's this woman that wants to just bring children home i almost kind of got a uh 
Grimm's fairy tale feeling out of that one, you know, it, like the Hansel yeah. and Gretel thing. Like it almost had it that, even though that's not what she's going for. Right. It feels that way. Like that's how I would have felt if I was a kid in that moment. Yeah. So. And that's so the basic setup for this movie. That yeah, they're like, what the fuck about, are you guys talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, what kind of world is this? <laughs> is this movie takes place quote ten years from now? So apparently two thousand one, since the movie came out in nineteen ninety one. So it's ten years, at least a ten year gap between part five and this movie. Can't you so, see the baby Freddy floating in space right, now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. they would have. They could have put that in yeah. the movie. People were like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> have him in the background whenever he's falling out of the sky in the right. plane. Like you get the back, yeah. like it's an Easter egg, like like the Millennium Falcon right. and Spaceballs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that may help turn me into to your line of thinking. I'm still not quite there yet, but you're winning me over. All right, sorry, I, I butted in on the basic plot here. <laughs> it's ten years later after the movie starts or whatever, and they they've got this thing. I was like, is this like Escape from New York? It's like this computer generated map of America. Yeah, that's weird. It, yeah, so it's real weird. It feels like this post apocalyptic <laughs> kind of setup scenario. Yeah. And when they do so this character who we don't know his name, they just call him John Doe because he's has amnesia. He can't remember his past because when he exits Springwood he forgets everything. Yeah, except and, except the Alamo. Yeah, you're right. The basic gist of it is that all of the kids, uh, anyone under a certain age, unspecified age, has been killed in Springwood. They are all dead except for this one guy. Freddy sends him out of Springwood because, for whatever reason, Freddy can't move outside the confines of the city. That's never explained. It's never explained in any of the previous ones either. Yeah. Whenever Kristen passed the, her dream powers over to Alice, that was supposed to be the thing that opened up Freddy to the world, basically. It wasn't just the Elm Street kids. It was anyone. Okay. So there was never any specification that it was just Springwood. But this movie says it's just Springwood. Deal with it. Yeah. So he sends this John Doe guy out of Springwood to bring people back into Springwood and by doing so, I think he can break out of Springwood. Or yeah, or at least he can get more powerful, and that's the that's the that's I guess that's the plan. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, the the whole thing is that the place where Roseanne and Tom Arnold are, they're still in Springwood. All of the adults are still there, and it's like this post-apocalyptic scenario where there's tumbleweeds and everything's empty, and the adults are still holding things like that festival or the carnival or whatever. Yeah. The kids should be at, but there are no kids there. They've yeah. got the sad clown that's just like smoking on his own. <laughs> and then people, the teacher in the school that's oh. still teaching a class to no one and, and acts and, crazy. And all kids private school or something. Yeah. That's that's dark. The orphanage where the woman still, she's talking to dolls or whatever. That, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. The, the classroom, that one's a little more cheesy. Yeah. The private school thing is a lot creepier. Right. I mean, not that the teacher didn't do a good job at teaching yeah. history. Right. <laughs> it's a little skewed, but, yeah. you know, hey, it's no better than your average high school textbook. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I don't know, it feels weird and it makes me ask a whole bunch of questions that there's never an answer to. Yeah. Like... Oh, oh the, the house, right? Yeah, that's what you're oh, going to say, right? I, it like yeah. they're, they're getting up to the house and they, they go, the kids get caught in a, uh, a loop, just like in Nightmare 4. Yeah. Uh, they get caught in a loop and they can't leave town. Right. So... Uh, they go into this house and it looks like a really nice house. And then all of a sudden when they get in there, the house morphs into the, the... Thompson house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... you were like, 
they wouldn't know that or care yeah, anyway. The house didn't need to disguise itself because they don't. <laughs> one, they don't know who Freddy is. They just learned about him from the car ride over, and they have no clue who Nancy Thompson is and don't know what her house looks like. So there's no reason for it. There's a whole bunch of things that look kind of neat, but there's no reason for it. Like, why don't the adults just move out of town? Like, like there's a whole bunch of questions. Yeah. That this whole scenario brings up that you're not supposed to ask, I think. It's like they, they're meant to stay there to let the town and themselves die so the entire memory of it dies. They could have gone deep with that. Like, if, if they, as long as they don't leave town, the memory of him can't spread. They could have done that. They could have definitely. Do that. They did, I'm just saying they should have, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And also. Like, couldn't Freddy just attack the adults, too? Because he attacks adults in this movie. Well, He's attacked adults in the past. Well, number one, they kind of have to believe in him, I think. I'm just trying well, to answer They do believe question. in him, because well, Tom Arnold says, that's you true. know you yeah. know what kids bring. They bring him. But so it, they all know about him. But jaded adults don't have hopes and dreams. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they... They have fear, they though. They, they have fear, but I guess... It's like Dark Crystal, where the certain Gelfling uh, essence is more powerful when you drink it to the Skeksis. Spoiler, okay. by the way. Uh, <laughs> and nothing else will do, because uh, why not go after these other things? Well, no, this is one specific thing. So it just has to be that one specific thing. It's why? it's teenagers' fears and dreams. But they don't Adults, say that. I know. I'm just. I'm trying to answer the questions that aren't answered, Chris. You're asking. <laughs> you're big enough to ask the question. Yeah. I'm trying to answer the question. <laughs> yeah, but the point is, they don't answer it in the movie. That's, okay. that's what I'm trying to get to. I, I know. I just, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to defend it. Like I'm not trying to die on this hill. This right. But this hill, I keep rolling down and right. it never ends. Yes. yes. <laughs> I guess the point I'm getting to is that the lack of established rules, I think, kind of hurts this movie, in my opinion. Sure. Um, like, how, how far does Freddy's magic extend into the real world? We know it does to a certain extent, because it has in previous movies, too. Yeah. You just kind of have to accept it. Yeah. But especially at the end of the movie, when Maggie, the Lisa Gray's character, Maggie, when she goes in, she learns that she can pull stuff out of her dreams. She mimics what Nancy did in the first one, yeah. and Rachel Talloway was actually saying that that was the best idea, so we're just going to use that again. Yeah. And sure. really, like, I remember when I saw this the first time around when it came out, I was like, well, that's the only way you can kill him. Yeah. So it makes sense. But but meanwhile, earlier in the movie, and I, I may get you down a really crazy hill right now. There's that word again. Uh, but the video game death. No. They actually see him playing in the room. How is that possible? They, you know, they see him playing the video game. Like, they see him down the boiler room playing. You Do can... they see Freddy doing it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so how is uh, that even so. possible? Are you asking me? <laughs> that's just, rhetorical. That, that's the one that really kills me. Is yeah. it, I, I, like, that's, I, I swear they see him in there. Well, and also, because that's Spencer. That's the Breckenmeyer yeah. character of yeah. Spencer. Making his film debut, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. one of the guys, the John Doe guy, goes in to pull him out, or to find him, because they don't know where he went, because he got sucked into the TV. Yeah. And, but then, when Spencer's still being killed in his dream he won't wake up he's bouncing around the house and the the weird looney tune sounds are playing yeah, yeah. and you're like are they hearing this are they not hearing this there's yeah. a pit that opens up at the bottom of the stairs maggie is definitely not asleep but she does she see the pit that she's standing right in front of that she goes oh no like it no doesn't clue. make any sense <laughs> and when you go to the end of the movie when maggie does pull freddie out of the dream 
probably, I guess. It's supposed to be the real world at this point, and that's the only way this whole scene works. He always disappears out of your clutches. That's one weird rule that we have about Freddy, apparently, is that he bounces out of the vicinity of you. Oh, when you pull him out of jail. Yeah. yeah. So that plus... Okay, so he's... <laughs> whenever you do realize that he's there, he magically telekinesises the door and locks the other people out. So it's just him and Maggie. Yeah. So he has telekinesis in the real world. Yes, he does. He can change the way he looks because he looks normal at one point and then he gets the, the burns and stuff after that. Yeah. He can crawl on the ceiling, but he has trouble fighting Maggie with like a pipe. And then Maggie does all of these like martial arts things and she throws the knives and the shurikens at him. Yeah. Like super pinpoint. She's not in the dream world apparently, but yeah. she has... Alice's dream world karate man power. I was going to say, like, how, they never did one scene yeah. to explain that. Yeah. Like, they, you didn't... They had a gym yeah. for kickboxing for, yeah. for the girl. Yeah. They could have had her doing that, too, right. at one point during the scene. Yeah. Is all you needed yeah. is that one five-second thing. Yeah. And they never did that. Yeah. And that makes that really bad writing. Yeah, so <laughs> gist of it is... Freddy has telekinesis, we know it because he did it with the door, but he can't, like, use his mind powers to pull, like, a knife out of the, his sweater, and he has trouble fighting a normal adult woman, whereas he's murdered all of these other people, and he gets stabbed once, and he's basically dead, and then she blows him up. Yeah. With the pipe bomb that yeah. Breckenmeyer made earlier. Yeah. So none of that makes sense to me. And I have a real... <laughs> I like the idea, pull him out and you kill him. Yeah. But that whole fight with the magic going on makes zero sense. Yeah. Zero sense. <laughs> so we... I did want to get he, to... He died. He died very Looney Tunes. You know, like he the did. Dynamite yeah, one. he got blown up. I'm surprised they didn't show him like with like a black top. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Just with smoke steaming yeah. off his Some head. exploded cigar in his mouth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's basically what they did. Should have just like dropped an anvil on his head and just be done with it. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't rig one up. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look what I found in the alleyway. <laughs> uh, so we got kinda... a friend in the circus. <laughs> I did want to talk. We talked a lot about the cast. We haven't really dug into it. We talked about the cameos. Um, I did want to say something about uh, the oh. director. Yeah, Johnny Depp. By the way, yeah, oh, Johnny Depp appears as the the this is your brain on drugs guy yeah. in this movie. I like that he returned to the franchise. It was yeah, a fun was way cool. to put him in there because yeah. you couldn't have him in there any other way. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, and it was the last movie of the original run. Yeah. Really, I mean, I guess Freddy vs. Jason is kind of a continuation. But. And that commercial could have been totally realistic in the real world because he had been doing Twenty One Jump Street prior to that, yeah. which is about kind of an anti drug. Thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Sure. So, sorry. Getting back to where you were, Chris. Sorry. So, I wanted to talk about the director. Okay. Um, I did say earlier that she has an interesting story, and she really does. So, she is the first woman to direct one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, of course, because we talked about all the one in the director's previous, but also she has been with the series since the very first movie. She was an employee at New Line Cinema, and I want to say that I read somewhere that she, like, basically came up from the mailroom to this director's chair. Maybe not exactly. Maybe she wasn't, like, actually in that part. But the sure. first two movies, uh, she worked more behind the scenes, behind, behind the scenes. Um, but she was there with uh, not making creative decisions, but she was still working on the project and helping things out. Okay. Um, by the third movie, she was a line producer. Hmm. By the fourth movie, she was an actual producer. Or not actual. She was a full producer. Um, she skipped part five because she went to produce Crybaby. Ah, and, nice. And then she came back for Good this choice. one. Yeah. Good choice instead of five. Yeah. For sure. And then she came back for this one 
And basically, she was saying, because she wanted to be a director this whole time, she was, she made, because she had made a pitch for, I think, part three or four, I can't remember which one, but she pitched it and didn't get it. But she basically made a pitch for part six and said, like, if I don't get it, then basically I'm going to have to part ways because this just isn't, I'm going to have to leave New Line because this isn't working out for me. But she did get it. And, of course, she made the movie. So, even though she is a first-time director, I thought it was really cool that she was with the series from the beginning. That's cool. Not an outsider. Yeah. I like to see promotion from within. Yeah. It's yeah. a novel idea. Right. Um, she, like I said, this is the first feature, but she did go on to do, like, a lot of these directors in these slasher movies. She did a lot of TV afterwards. But she's done a lot of stuff that I like. Um, she's done a lot of the TV show or the DC TV shows like The Flash and yeah. uh, Supergirl, things like that. Okay. She's done some Doctor Who. She's done oh. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the new series. Well, the new one, yeah, nice. And uh, some of the Marvel uh, Netflix shows like Iron Fist. So she's, wow. she's doing some really great stuff. Yeah, still. Good for her, man. Yeah. And the writer, Michael DeLuca, like I said, this is his first featured uh, script, but he was do he did some of the... Freddy's Nightmare episodes, and he also wrote In the Mouth of Madness, which we have talked about on CNJ Radio. Yeah, so, nice. um, But he's mostly a producer. Okay. So, yeah. um, I just thought that was interesting. Um, some of the cast, we talked about Breck and Meyer. A lot of these people had kind of like, like the kids had like uh, smaller, like, not background roles, but um, just not really feature roles. The uh, young woman, Tracy, played by Leslie Dean, she was in 976 Evil, which Robert yeah. England directed, so that's how she got the job. She was also in some of Freddy's Nightmares. Yeah. She, um, was, she was good in the movie. Yeah, she was good. She I, I know I've seen the psychiatrist somewhere. Yeah. The Doc character. Yeah. Doc. Yeah. Uh, Yafet Koto is his name. He wow. is an alien. That's probably where you know him. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. He is the, that is that guy. Yeah. Holy shit. And uh, The Running Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Brilliant. Yeah. He was in those. Uh, Lisa Zane. Um, she hadn't really done a whole lot. She's done a lot of TV since then. Yeah. I just wanted to get to the reason I'm talking about the cast is that the character of John Doe played by Sean Greenblatt. He hasn't had many big roles, but he was in Newsies, one of my favorite musicals, <laughs> and unironically, and he was in Chopper Chicks and Zombie Town. Oh. So I'm not sure what role, but I'm sure it was pretty small. Yeah. Um, the Carlos great. guy was uh, one of the gang members in Back to the Future Part 2. I, I recognize that voice yeah, now. Yeah. He's, the, he's the guy that yells that hoverboards don't work on water. I swear yeah. that's the same guy oh, now. Yeah. That's awesome. And... and Billy Zane was one of the gang members also in oh, Back to the he? Future. Oh. Right. With Kevin Bacon. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> uh, Carlos was also in the Buffy movie. And oh. he was in the ill-fated um, Fantastic Four movie that was Roger Corman produced. That one. Ooh, like, yeah. man. <laughs> so he's done some stuff. <laughs> well, I bet he's fun to talk to at Psycons. <laughs> right, yeah. So that's it. I just thought there were some yeah. interesting things that some of the cast has done, yeah. even though... With the exception of Yafit Koto, I think I don't really, I didn't really recognize yeah. any. Of yeah, he's only in one of the greatest horror movies of all time. No big deal. Right. Really fighting for that pay wage. Yes, love that guy. So he's he's annoying, but I love him. Right. So uh, you, you mentioned the uh, screenwriter. Uh, mm. We had found a factoid that Peter Jackson was given a treatment for this movie. What that could have been, by the way, in my brain. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But come to find out, we know a little bit about what the plot would have been. So can we talk about that yeah. for like a minute or yeah. two before we get to the body count? For sure. Yeah. So the idea of Peter Jackson's script is really neat. And I almost kind of wish that if we get that one last Freddy movie that I really think that the franchise deserves, yeah. maybe they could use this. 
and it's so we're a few years out from whatever the last movie was i guess mm-hmm. and freddy's powers have diminished so much so that even though people still know who he is he's almost like a ghost story right but since it's pretty much understood that his powers are null apparently the teenagers do the ultimate act of rebellion and just like doing like a touchdown dance basically Mm -hmm. and they have these parties where they get fucked up and they all pass out or whatever Mm -hmm. they knock themselves out i don't know how they do it but they all wind up dreaming together and they go into you know the underworld or the boiler room or hell or wherever it is and they go and basically taunt freddy and beat his ass all the time it's like it's like football guys getting in the truck to go beat up this other guy right like that's what they do yeah. That's it's a crazy scenario, and it sounds kind of stupid when you think about. It, man, you could really make a movie out of that. Yeah, it could have been really cool because I yeah. think what because you brought that up, you brought that to my attention, and I think you had said that they yeah they did drugs to enter a different state of mind and to enter a sort of dream world to do this. So it goes all of that goes back to part three, where just different state of consciousness and. It's a less professional level. That, right, obviously. yeah. But, it, I mean, it's like when they got hypnotized, too, yeah. in a way. Yeah. But, which is something I thought would be a really cool idea to, to explore. But also the fact that they're, basically, it sounds like Peter Jackson would have them all, like, realizing that they had dream powers, and they are all dream warriors, basically, and they're yeah. just ganging up on him. Yeah. And, yeah, if he does get energy from fear and souls, and he's yeah. not able to do that, it could be really cool. It would yeah. set up Freddy in a certain way in the beginning, to be like this underdog kind of yeah character. kind of sympathetic but he yeah. was already at that point in the real world anyway like yeah. you go to see this movie because of freddy yeah and so i think it could have worked yeah. really well plus he, he probably would look like a 90 year old man too like in it. Yeah, yeah which was actually one of Wes craven's original ideas for the character was this old man that's oh. he was looking at old men for a while huh. for the character is one of many different things he was looking for okay but one thing that, yeah, because it could have been really cool and creepy if he was like this decrepit old man in his dreams. Yeah. But then you get this pissed off Freddy that's not joking anymore. And he's just angry at yeah. everyone again. Because yeah. up to this point in the series, it feels like he's kind of complacent and he's just having fun with it. He's riding the, the, the bicycle in the sky and yeah. doing the Looney Tune stuff. But if he's angry again and his stuff gets dark again, that could have been really cool. Yeah. Full circle back to part one, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, I love him. If they could use a version of this idea, like you said, for a new movie to pass the dream demon powers. My idea would be to have the dream demon powers go to someone else by the end of the movie. Someone else takes over. So they're not Freddy and you don't expect them to be Freddy, but they can still enter dreams like he did. But man, it's it's very possible. I feel like they could get Peter Jackson to get involved in this yeah. one because he's done a ton of business with New Line. Yeah, that's one of his old homes. Yeah, and they did freaking Lord of the Rings with him. All right. So if he came up with a Freddy idea or expounded on what he had written before, obviously as an artist he'd want to fine tune what he wrote. Right. But I feel like that would be an easy green light right there. Yeah. I mean that'd be really cool. Maybe so, cool. And what ifs? Yeah. So let's make it happen, New Line. You listening? <laughs> Okay, what is it, is it still New Line? That's still a thing. Yeah, I think so. Did they, I think they, they, still around. did they get like absorbed into Legendary or uh, any of those I, other conglomerates? I'll have to look that up. I'm not hundred percent sure. I haven't been looking up there. Well, we'll find. We'll, we'll tell you what. We'll report that during the wrap up show. Yeah. So, do you want to get to the body count? And get yeah, the kills. I don't really oh. have much more to say about oh. this movie. Um, so the kill count is pretty low once again, as mm. most of the nightmare movies are. There are well, I won't say how many deaths there are. I'll leave okay. that to the end. Yes. 
Number one, let's just picture Freddy slashing off his thumb. Right. Yes. When uh, every time Chris does one of yes. these. So the first finger you slash off is Carlos, which we talked about. Goes into the dream. His mother beats him across the head. He gets his ear sliced off. Gets a new implant. Pin drops. Water drops. Then the, he brings out the chalkboard. We didn't talk about the chalkboard. <sighs> yeah. with the, that was yeah. It was goofy, but I liked yeah. it because that's something that everyone can relate to, I think. By the way, sidebar, but staying in the same topic. Uh, you, you, you know, my wife, she sleeps like wood, and mm-hmm. I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually got a, can you turn the TV down a little bit kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. the first time ever <laughs> because it goes so up and down. You saw yeah. me with the volume. I was going up and down the whole yeah. movie. Yeah. And it goes from like nothing to like, ah! Yeah. And so, man... Uh, Audio-wise, that thing is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so, even with just all that, and I knew, like, chalkboard, here we go. Yeah. Down, 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 down. I remembered it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, and, and then we get into scanners. All right. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, the chalkboard causes Carlos's head to explode. Yes. That is the first death. The second death is Spencer, played by Brecken Meyer. He gets high on the couch in the Thompson house. He gets pulled into the TV. It's this weird kind of psychedelic, trippy... Um, animated thing. Yeah. Then it turns into a video game for some reason. Yeah. Um, but so then, it's an Inagata Vita, yes. the Iron Butterfly. And then he starts bouncing around the house like we talked about. He falls into the pit by the stairs, which looks like Freddy's soul hole that all those, yeah. those spirits and, and energy go down that doesn't, we've seen in previous movies. Doesn't that make your hair silky and smooth? Yes. Soul hole? <laughs> yes. Okay. That is death number two. Death number three is the John Doe character who up to this point we are supposed to believe is going to be the main character of the movie. He is the final girl in this movie yeah. at this point in the movie. <laughs> final girl. He thinks he's Freddy's son, too. Yeah, he thinks he's Freddy's son. I don't remember if I was buying into it that way or not the first time I saw it. I don't think yeah. I was. Yeah. Because, one, he's not female. Um, <laughs> and every movie except for the second one, and most of the slasher movies have a female as the, yeah. Yeah. the main character. That's one thing. Sidebar. I'm going to do a sidebar now. Ooh, okay. So... I like the pacing of the movie. I think the movie is paced very well. Sure. It goes one thing to the next. It's not too fast and too yeah. crushed together, but there's never any downtime. You never really get bored yeah. in the movie. Yeah, exactly. I remember telling you there's like a cut that's like 15 minutes longer, and yeah. you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I think it was paced really well. One thing I kind of have a little bit of an issue with is that up to this point, we are focusing on the John Doe character, but the Maggie character is really the main character in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time to get to that point. And yeah. it was the same issue I had with part four, where you're led to believe Kristen is going to be the main character again, but it's not. It's Alice. And that happens really far into the movie yeah. as well. So there's not enough time to focus. I think they should have spent more time focusing on Maggie in this movie earlier. Yeah. I think they should have gotten to the point to where John Doe dies earlier in the movie. Yeah. She does seem like more of an authority figure that will get killed eventually yeah. when you first meet her. Yeah. So, pacing is good, but the structure I didn't like so much. I had okay. a problem with that. Okay. Um, but the John Doe character does die. He kind of has a rehash of the dream he had to open the movie. Yeah. Uh, he wakes up again and again. And by this time, there's that one thing where he's sitting on the bed. And he's like, I am not getting out of bed this time. There's nothing going to get me out of bed. And it's just real deadpan. You see in the foreground, flames come up and he just yeah. stares at the fire as the end of his bed is just burning. Whoosh. Just yeah. goes right up. Yeah. That joke really works for me. Yeah. And the map joke really works for me too. Yeah. Those are my two favorite jokes right. Uh, right there. I'm not going to pick a favorite joke. Oh, man. Come on, <laughs> man. The map says we're fucked. I love it. 
Uh, so his bed's on fire, then he gets in an airplane, and then he falls out of the airplane. He's got the parachute, but then Freddy's in the parachute. Yeah, and... I like that shot, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Oh, when he's when Freddy's you looking yeah. up when... into the parachute. Yeah, like like he's in a windmill or something. You yeah, know? it was very a uh, Willy Wonka. You know, it's like... like did you ever play with a parachute in elementary school where you yeah. got all the kids circle around and yeah. like one person goes in the middle while everybody does it? Yeah, popcorn. Yeah, that's what yeah. it reminds me of when you yeah. when you're the one to go into the middle and you're in there and yeah. you're just looking up and it's just like like yellow and red and every colors all around yeah. that's what it reminded me of yeah i like that but freddy's in there and john is like oh you're not gonna kill me because i'm your son i learned i figured it out on my own and freddy's like you're dumb and he just slashes <laughs> the things <laughs> then he falls and that's where the bed of nails comes in he falls yeah. on that so it's it's this real ordeal by the way alice cooper had a song called bed of nails right. they, they should have used it in the movie yeah exactly yeah. it had existed by then yeah. <laughs> uh, and so with that we are done with pretty much all of the deaths in the movie, except for maybe one. Because <laughs> that was another thing I had a little bit of a issue with, as far as like how stuff is spaced out. Is that these kids, even though they do... Well, Carlos's backstory is, is looked into a little bit. Spencer and John Doe's... Of course John Doe isn't, because it can't yeah, be for yeah. the way the movie works. But they're all super duper expendable. They're just there to get in these kills that you expect in a Freddy movie. But there's no real reason for them to be there. Tracy, the the young woman who is also at the halfway house, doesn't get killed. She survives her dream. Yeah, shockingly, by the way. But she's never used after that. There's no point to her existing after that dream happens. Yeah. She joins Doc and Maggie um, as they attempt to pull Freddy out of the dreams, or she's there to help. But she never does anything because she's yeah. locked out. There's yeah. no reason for her to exist after that point. Yeah, I know. I think it was just maybe one of those cases. Maybe it was even the director's choice. Like, well, we, yeah. we like this character. And, man, she's been through so much. She doesn't need to get killed on top of it. And maybe that's just the idea of it. Sure. And I understand that. But in the way <laughs> the, the movie looks... <laughs> yeah. It, the way the movie is, all of these kids, there's no reason for them to be in there except for, oh, this is funny and there's some blood. That's it. Hmm. Well, there's not a whole lot of blood in this movie, actually. Yeah. I wonder if they thought about, like, a big death for her involving the martial arts. Like, oh, shit, yeah. we already did that in part four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because she wasn't very much different than some other characters in the past. Yeah, yeah. Except for her background. That sure, they yeah. To a little bit more. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is that the stuff you expect from a Freddy movie, a nightmare movie, is all front-loaded within the first 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. then it's not any of that for the rest of the movie. Yeah. It's all completely different. You can take that as a good or a bad, yeah. but I kind of take it as a, mm, I, I would have liked to see that spread out more. So just leaving off the Nightmare on Elm Street title, does that forgive it maybe a little bit? I mean, it's different, and I, and I guess, but it's still a Nightmare movie. I think New Nightmare is the one that really yeah. makes it like, okay, this is a different Yeah, thing because it's completely different. Because yeah. this, like I said, they're trying to have it both ways. Yeah. It's... Fans' expectations versus the aspirations of the director and writer. Yeah. Um, but the fourth death in the movie is in the title of the movie. Dramatic pause. Yes. Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I put a question mark in my notes. Is Freddy Krueger dead? Is this actually in the continuity of Freddy versus Jason? I kind of think not because the way my line of thinking okay. is that they show us the actual dream worms, the demon things. There's that picture in Doc's yeah. office where he's like, these worm things yeah. are the, the things that gave Freddy his powers. Yeah. And they look so much better in the painting yeah. than yeah. they do in the wild. Those look real bad in the 3D section. <laughs> yes. So when Freddy is, finger quotes, killed in this movie, 
the dream demon worms fly away and they're no longer part of Freddy Krueger. So how could Freddy come back if the dream demons have left him? I don't know. Yeah. So I don't, they don't, they don't talk about it in Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. That, that's when he's forgotten. supposed to get really resurrected. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like this is the end. I feel like this is an outlier. I feel like it should be placed outside of the timeline. Um, it's 10 years after the timeline, apparently. Okay. So I feel like this whole movie should be placed to the side when you talk about the series. Because there's not really any connection to the previous. There's lots of callbacks, but there's well, no sure. specific connection yeah. to any of the previous movies or the movies that came after. But Freddy is in the official body count, right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to count it. Hey. So Freddy is fine. dead in this movie. There's four four deaths, not the least in the series, but it's pretty close. Yeah. All right. What was the least so far? We'll, we'll answer, let, let's answer that on the wrap-up show. All right. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. And, of course, you can hear that wrap-up show in a little bit. There's still more to go before we get to the wrap-up, but you'll be able to hear it on cnjradio.com, the home of The Last Theater, and, of course, the entire family of CNJ Radio podcasts. Go there and interact with us on Facebook and Twitter, at The Last Theater on Twitter, and let us know what you think about the series so far. Do you think that this movie should be talked about separately from the rest? Is this the, not quite the Halloween 3, but maybe the Jason Goes to Hell kind Ooh. of outlier as where it doesn't connect to anything else? It makes sense, because if, I, if you consider this part of the start of a trilogy, then both of those movies do exist outside of the timelines of the rest of the movies. But just on the surface, those two movies you mentioned, that's yeah. like what I used to say, comparing Cadillacs to prunes. <laughs> right. Ooh. That's my opinion, at least. <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to Wes Craven's new nightmare. Yes. I'm excited. I haven't seen this in it's a while. It's been a long time. I don't really remember it that well. Yeah. So join us, won't you? Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>